This icon is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Can you please come in? Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of Sunday Times Politics Weekly with me, Amil Amra. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for the support over the past couple of weeks. It's been a crazy couple of weeks in, in the politics spectrum. And I'm joined in the studio by my politics colleagues here at the Sunday Times, Zingisa Mvumvu and Apiwe de Klerk. I'm told Juanita Hunt is going to be joining us later on in the podcast. So we look forward to that as well. We come to you on the day where the UK now has a new Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Guys, that's quite a shocker. Hey, you've got Boris Johnson on the one side, a complete lunatic, and you've got a complete lunatic on the other side in the form of Donald Trump. I'm guessing we're not, um, can't be too racked up about us um, electing Zuma all back then, can they? Yeah, I sh- yeah, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this is not a complete surprise. I would take Zuma we any knew. day. I would take Zuma any day over any one of those two guys, just personally. Yeah, <laughs> Boris Johnson, Chief. Ay, man, these people. But you know, it, it was not that much of a surprise because uh, yeah. going into the counting and whatnot, everyone was saying that he was the favorite in his, mm. uh, in, in 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 that race with his party. But yeah. I mean, hey, Boris Johnson. Ish. Oh, the world yeah. is going. Nah. To, oh, let me not use that word. But anyway, talking about President, uh, former President Jacob Zuma, let's look quickly back last week and what happened to him at the state capture inquiry. So Zuma is expected to come back to the commission after a lengthy consulta- consultation process ensues between his legal team and that of the commissions. So last week, after Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zombo sum, um, summoned both councils to his chambers on Friday to negotiate a way forward after Zuma had raised an objection to the way he was being questioned, Zondo announced that the commission will forward to Zuma's legal team a list detailing all the allegations and aspects set out in the testimonies of various witnesses who have previously testified before the commission that they would like him to respond to. Thereafter, Zuma is expected to submit statements responding directly to those claims. Now, this process is expected to take more than two weeks, after which Zuma will be called back to the commission to testify based on statements he provides to the commission. Now, this, guys, allows very little room for the commission to quiz Zuma on issues which relate to his term as president, which do not directly surface from witness statements that implicate him directly in wrongdoing. And, guys, this is exactly what Zuma wanted in the first place. Do you remember before he came to the commission, there was the fight between his lawyers and the commissions? And he wanted all the questions that he would have to answer to. And he would, and he said he would provide question, uh, responses to those questions and those questions only. This is sort of what's going to happen. So, in summary, what's going to happen is the commission's going to say, for example, Barbara Hogan said this about you. How do you respond? Zuma's going to submit a statement, and they're going to run him through his statement. So it leaves little space for him for them to ask him questions, maybe around sort of the questions they were trying to ask him last week when he objected around what was his role in the executive of the time, how did it work, what were normal processes, those questions that he said he couldn't remember or he didn't know. So what does this mean, Zingisa, do you think, um, for what we can expect when the president comes back or the former president comes back at some stage? Well, in my opinion, I mean, I, I think as if if it's, it's going to be the way you put it, then it gives uh, the former president Zuma an opportunity to continue with his narrative. Remember, yeah. we did say last week that it seems 
The only reason that he came here for, he is not interested in answering to any of those things. He is just interested in presenting a narrative that suits himself and his interest and whatever he wants to communicate uh, that is contrary to what has been presented here before. And if that is the case, indeed, I mean, already he has thrown this whole commission into disarray uh, with his, uh, you know, testimony last week before the objection. Now everyone's talking about spies. Mm. I don't know how those people, those <laughs> things really are part of this uh, commission thing. So I think it is further going to strengthen him to to present his narrative, which to a certain degree is a complete deviation from uh, the terms of reference of the commission. Because mm. it's one thing, I mean, uh, now you hear even people talking about expanding the terms of reference of the commission, but that is the responsibility of the president only. For now, uh, Zondo was supposed to have insisted that we stick to the current terms of reference yes. of the commission. If people have got other opinions, they can petition the sitting president. The sitting president has actually the rights to amend terms of reference of a commission while it is ongoing. So people must not try shortcuts, but hey, as it seems, Zuma is not interested in those things. He's interested in his own narrative, yeah. which is a deviation. Mm. That That is the fundamental point for me. It's a deviation. This commission, I really can't wait to see what sort of recommendations is going to have to make at the end with people come here. I mean, just maybe as a, as a side point on this thing. Now, Reddy Club has applied to cross-examine yes. Zuma on his accusation that he's part of it. Again, I don't understand how that's a, a, that thing, he, her application has got anything to do with what the commission is trying to achieve, which is what I said last week, that Zuma had deviated this entire commission to something else that we, hmm. we won't know by the yeah. end of the commission. Yeah, look, I agree with the uh, Zegisa. Um, the business of whether or not or who actually uh, captured the state uh, as is now we move from that when you 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 deal with Zuma and his testimony, uh, it seeks to have us having a whole debate uh, about who was a spy uh, during apartheid and who mm. wasn't. Uh, uh, who is a spy now? Uh, I mean, the point you are making about Red Clavi. I mean, where, where, where did that thing fit in in the first place? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I'm, 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 I, I don't see how the, the, the dogs connect. You as you know? <laughs> as he's he must also become quite fond of that term as well. Yeah, he's been connecting the dogs. He's connecting the dogs. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, oh, 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 if he comes back then, I mean, uh, you, you're saying he, he will give written replies uh, yes. so submissions well they're going to run him through the submissions that he provides to the commission mm -hmm. so like you know how Which when, will be fair you know, you know what will yeah. happen you know how, how it happens as it happens now what happens is um, if I want to give evidence before the commission mm. um, I approach the commission I sit down with their legal team and we draft a statement and mm. I provide the background evidence and everything else and then they, they lead me through my evidence that's exactly mm -hmm. what's going to happen now with Zuma. They're going to give him questions that he must answer to, and they're going to lead him through it by the looks of it. So he, he, he's going to be treated as, as a, a witness, witness yes, uh, yes. who's giving evidence, yeah. other than someone who's well, There might be some extra uh, questions here and there, but essentially that looks like how it's going to happen. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, he's managed to outsmart us this one. Eh? Uh, of course, <laughs> he, always, he always seems to do that. But anyway, if you want to listen to our podcast where we discussed Zuma's testimony in massive detail, I suggest you just click 
on the podcast below this one. Um, it's last week's episode. That was great. Um, it was a really heated debate that we had in studio. So guys, check that one out as well if you have an interest in that topic. But anyway, we're going to take a very quick short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the story of the week. This time, it's public protector Busisi Wemkobane and all the controversies that she now faces. Remember, if you want to advertise with us on this podcast, we've got quite a substantial amount of listeners now. Um, please email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's S-M-I-T-H-S at T-I-S-O-B-L-A-C-K-S-T-A-R.co.za. Join us when we're back. Join me, Paul Ash, in a beautiful soundscape as we explore the world in the Sunday Times Travel Podcast. Find it at sundaytimes.co.za. Welcome back. So, anyway. We've got Public Protector Busiwe Nkubane in the spotlight once again because there's just so much surrounding her. And she's got to fight battles sure. on all three ends. She's got the president um, who came out this weekend basically slating her in a very respectful way. We've got the North Kauteng High Court today listening to arguments um, from Gordon, um, Praveen Gordon, Public Enterprises Minister, on um, him taking his reports, uh, her reports against him on, on review as well. And then we've got a Concord judgment against her yesterday. So there's a lot that she's facing. Kwanita, let's start with her woes with the president at the moment. It all started last week when she re- released her Bosasa report into President Ramaphosa. What did that report say in, in summary? I think that the fight actually didn't even start on Friday. It started earlier in yeah. the week when Ramaphosa entered the legal fray and decided to join Godan in his application uh, to review that case where she found him to have violated the constitution with regards to Ivan Pelez and the SARS Road Unit. Unit. Um, And then also taking uh, uh, his own action against the public protector, asking the courts uh, uh, to to, to basically state a declaratory order on whether um, the the remedial action that the public protector uh, recommends is it does it stand um, if it's taken on review mm. and so that's that's basically how the week started come friday morning the public protector then um, holds a press briefing and then releases her report um, into uh, whether ramaphosa misled parliament yeah. or not and the main findings are that ramaphosa inadvertently deliberately misled parliament when he answered uh, an additional question mm. uh, by Musi Maimane on, on November 8, 2018 about a donation made to Bosasa. We know the history. Yeah. Ramaphosa came back a few days later clarifying that actually what Maimane was talking about was um, a donation to his CR17 campaign. She also found that Ramaphosa um, acted or, or violated the Executive Ethics Code, acted inconsistent with his office, by not declaring a report, uh, not declaring um, the the donations made, she found that uh, he violated. There was sort of conflict of interest there. She also found that there may be 
uh, enough suspicion or prima facie case of money laundering as well. Yeah. So it was really a damning finding. I want to talk about two things with this. One, and maybe she mentioned this in the report. I haven't taken a very good look at it. So I've just briefed over it. But how do you prove that somebody deliberately did something rather than mistakenly? <laughs> right. And two, is it was it was was there a need for Ramaphosa at the time to declare who was donating into his campaign? Because nobody else did at the time. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, look, Kanita and I we actually had a, was it that long? It was a long discussion, <laughs> discussion over the yes. matter. Um, I want to the deliberate part. How how do you prove prove someone deliberately yeah. misled Parliament? You 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 have to have evidence. Yes, exactly. That the person prior to being asked such a question they had direct knowledge uh, or, or they had the info yes. that was being referred to which they misrepresented mm. then you, there's no way uh, unless i'm mistaken where she has been uh, able to prove that so her so her um justification for that finding you know in, the, in an interview she said oh she has proof that mm-hmm. the president knows how she deduces it is that a the president knew about the campaign B, he knew, he knew some of the donors and C, he, he went to fundraising dinners. So he knew what was happening holistically with the campaign. So he, he ought to have known about the, the this particular do- donation. Look, you see, that argument only holds water insofar as it has to deal with the declaration of uh, donations. And not whether you misled And parliament. not whether or not he misled parliament. Because, I mean... What if I donated five rand uh, towards uh, Ramaphosa's campaign? You, you must must he know all those in, uh, those intimate uh, details. If he himself says, now I was not involved in the day-to-day managing of the account. The money was not being uh, sent to my uh, um, personal bank account. And there were people who were managing that. They were not telling me each and every donation that is coming through. So I, 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 I don't understand how she gets to that. It's going to be very difficult to then you prove that. And secondly, the other point, insofar as uh, there's a, remember the report that uh, I told you about, there's a report that we, I actually ran a story online for it uh, about a, a certain MEC um, in in, um, in in Western Cape, Bongengosi uh, Matigizela, who they had complained against him uh, that uh, he, his birthday was funded by people um, who were doing business yes. uh, with his department. Secondly, he failed to declare it. Mm. Now, she found... Was it a surprise f- birthday party? It was a surprise okay. birthday party, yeah. She found four, or she found that he had done nothing wrong. Mm. And now, it's the same principle. It's, it's basically the same mm. principle. And in that case, uh, it's even worse because... Um, the person who was who is the partner to the minister yeah. was involved in uh, organizing the birthday. Uh, his PA uh, allegedly was involved, mm. and when he rocked up to the to the birthday party, he found familiar familiar faces, mm. some of whom were actually doing business with uh, with his department. So, as an MEC, you would have expected someone like that to say, "Wait a minute, so and so and so and so and so and so were there? Did yeah. they contribute?" I mean, the next day, and then how much they contribute, and then you you declare. But she found that, no, that that was not the case. Then how do you then not apply the same uh, principle to 
someone who says I was not involved in, yes. in, in the day to day these are the people that I know would have uh, uh, contributed including myself instead I feel that she should have then said the people that you just told me that have contributed you ought to have declared in so far as it comes uh, to them and that's the others fine. you didn't yes. know and that's fine yeah. she should have done that she didn't do that i think she became excited to be the one who pulls <laughs> the trigger and she missed there's many legal issues that i think the <coughs> president may win on um after reading both her report and um the, the 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 responses that was given to her preliminary report the first one that will definitely the court will rule in favor from aposa is the fact that she did not give him the remedial action to look at before she made it public because that was the very same reason the court overturned the SA uh, the South African Reserve Bank and yeah. APSA case and the constitutional court yesterday yes. also reasserted that to say the fact that you didn't do that is against the public protector act also in the Quinty case that's why the court interdicted the matter mm. all right the second issue here is they are arguing jurisdiction they are saying you have no jurisdiction to look into CR17 uh, funds. This yes, issue is about Busasa. Yes. Mm. Talk about Busasa and nothing else. I don't know what the court will say in that regard. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is more political issue. Mm. Why did the president need half a billion rand to run an <laughs> ANC internal campaign? Yeah. That is, for me, mm. the political issue. I believe me, you need that much money <laughs> and more. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. And, and obviously what Apiwe was saying about the conflict of interest, those yeah. are, 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 are real issues. But I think that, um, you know, just just the way if you if you if you read the report and you listen to her public sentiments, a lot of it is not is not backed up in law. Like mm -hmm. I give you an example. She makes a, f uh, a recommendation that the president be subjected to Parliament's joint. What is it called? Joint ethics, ethics committee. committee. Yes. Because he was dep deputy president. Mm. Firstly, a president is not a member of parliament. So how does how do you then get subjected to a committee of members? But I've seen people arguing that at the time. Right. But now let's talk about what, that. What, what, what? Yeah. Now, in, in her own report, that's what we... We're not talking about, like, you know, other people's arguments. Yeah. We're using her own reports. Mm. In her report against Fikilem Balula, where he got that sponsorship... Was it sponsorship? Yeah, trip... Uh, oh from uh, Setkas. Yes. yes, yes, yes. To so she found against him but she said parliament can't act because at the time he was not a member of, of, mm, of parliament. So the yes. question is can you act re uh, retrospectively mm. and the answer is no because her own report says it can't. It says that. And qu quite a number of uh, in, in regards to the, the ethics committee um, there are a number of ANC leaders who had then uh, resign from parliament when that ethics committee uh, process kicks in because they understand very well that if I'm not a member of parliament there's nothing that they can do it's not uh, an ethics committee for South Africans it's for yeah. members of parliament specifically so um, and what I also don't understand is that we have been here before when there's a, a report uh, against a sitting president and then uh, public protector sent it to parliament and yeah. parliament to deal with it uh, uh, As they uh, seem deemed fit, yes, decided to create uh, an ad hoc committee. Mm. I mean, having seen that process, because it was the first time such a thing had happened in democracy. Having seen that report, and it, let alone the fact that. Um, as things 
went by, it was found to not have been sufficient to hold this one uh, accountable, which is the former president, Jacob Zuma. But then you then understand there's a precedent. You can then uh, instruct parliament to say, as was the case with the previous uh, report of this office, uh, please uh, establish an ad hoc committee to deal with the matter. Uh, since the president is not a member of mm. parliament. Those things, you, I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, uh, yeah. I mean, but you really, you shouldn't be committing such blunders. But anyway. Zagisa, I want to talk to you about Sil Ramaphosa's response on Sunday. All right. He came out and had a, um, a public briefing, a media briefing, and very politely, um, that's how Ramaphosa is, I guess. But he says that, of, and he sort of slated the public protector for her findings, but he did it very disciplined and very politely. He says that, I have concluded that the report is fundamentally and irretrievably flawed. This is strongly confirmed by my legal representatives. The report contains numerous factual inaccuracies of material nature, and the findings are wrong in law and are irrational, and in some instances exceed the scope of the powers of the public protector. Now, what do you make of that response? In light and and, and how how people treat uh, how are people receiving it because we've had a former president who had findings made against him by a public protector and the country went crazy. We took out our pitchforks and our axes and we, you know, we had a lot to say about it. Now there's a sort of a different tone. Obviously, the political climate has changed. Should it have changed though? Should we not be dealing with it with Zoram Aposa the way we've dealt with his predecessors? Look for for me, I mean, the 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 legal issues neither here nor there. Well, yeah. for me in, in in particular, I'll talk about politics in this particular case. Yes. Politically, for me, I think first of all, the president. It is my uh, firm view that he was ill-advised to have that press conference. Politically, it it didn't favor him. Leave the legal arguments that he's making. Yes. They make sense to a certain degree, but as I say, for political purposes, it's neither here nor there. Uh, first of all, why I'm saying so. I believe it was a blunder on his part politically to admit that indeed he sourced money. Yes, in the end, there's an unwritten rule. There's no rule that says you can't raise money, but yes. there's an unwritten rule that you... It's known that it's something yes. that people do, mm. but you don't go out and talk about it in that manner. Uh, especially given the whole capture talk that is going on, that business, uh, this is how they capture the state, they buy politicians and all those kind of issues. And and then secondly, I feel the president invited this kind of problem to himself. On the very uh, first uh, uh, you know, incident that started this whole thing, being the follow-up question by Muslim Iman, I feel he was not uh, obliged at all to answer on the spot. That was blunder number one, political, as far as I'm concerned. He was not uh, uh, compelled at all. In fact, The even public protector says that in her report. Yeah, uh, she's misled on that. But she, I think she, so. You know what the public protector said? The public protector said, you should have told Musi Maimane that, wait, let me do research oh, oh, and come oh, oh, back. Oh, oh, I thought you said she thought that he was compelled. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no. no. I, I missed that. Yeah, so, right. so that's what I'm saying. She, she, he was not, there was no rule at all in the yeah. rule book of parliament that compelled him. In fact, he had an opportunity to say, no, I, I, I don't know what we are talking about. I need to find out the facts. I will come back with yeah. an answer to that. He didn't. Mm. And, and you see, here is a problem. Now it presents a moral problem. Yeah. 
the moral problem that I have with the president is that he campaigned on the card of transparency, accountability, and all of those things. Yeah. And I think that's why he tripped himself in the first instance. Mm-hmm. Now, when he is supposed to be transparent and account properly about the, the his funders, leave uh, what the public protector says, but I believe as a person who writes on this high moral ground, who campaigned on that, on clean governance and all those issues, he's supposed to take the country into continue to say, you know what, so much so that I have nothing to hide it's okay, I'll deal with the public protector, but for my own uh, credibility and character and political standing, I am going to reveal to you that these are the people I'm going to get from the people. It's fine, even if he maintains the story, which I don't believe that he didn't know. But I will get the, the names of the people that funded my campaign and yeah. reveal them so that you trust me going forward that these people are not going to have undue influence on me. And again, on that moral ground, I, f- I feel the president is found wanting. So I think those are the issues uh, that are going to compromise him politically. But I, I guess going forward, uh, only time will tell. With the public protector, I, I leave that. Now let's talk about that issue of going forward. Now on Monday, the Constitutional Court in a majority judgment upheld the North Kauteng's High Court order in February of, 20, of February 2018, um, which says that Mkubani has to be personally liable for 15% of the legal fees in the APSA Bancorp case. Now, in that report, um, she had tossed the special investigating unit with the recovery of $1.2 from APSA relating to a bailout um, for, subsidi- for APSA subsidiary Bancorp um, by the SA Reserve Bank in the mid-90s that was deemed as the apartheid era of bailouts. She also ruled that Parliament should introduce a motion to amend the Constitution to change the South African Reserve Bank's mandate to focus on economic growth. So that's one judgment that's been found against Mkwapani. And then on the second hand, the other battle she's now have to deal with is um, Praveen Gordon's application um, to the High Court as well, challenging her report, uh, her remedial actions against him in the sars unit matter. Now, we'll obviously have to see what comes mm-hmm. of that. But if, for instance... Hypothetically, that report does not go her way. You've now got two adverse findings against you. And then you've got the president's one um, review application that's coming through afterwards. What should... Where do you think Mkubanya stands going from all of this? Do you think her fate is now sealed? Um, Do you think that she's on her way out? Should it be left to parliament to make that decision? Where do we go from here? Is our public protector... Does she actually have the public's interest at heart? So I looked at uh, Judge Cecil Kampepe's uh, findings yesterday. She w- she obviously delivered the majority judgment uh, by the Constitutional Court. And it was scathing. You heard things like flawed, unintelligible, uh, dishonest. You heard such, you know, strong language from the justices at the Constitutional Court. And their argument was that the public protector was dishonest in the high court application. She didn't make information. Only when she was backed into a corner did she then come forward with information. Why do you meet with the president of the state security agency on this matter and then not declare it in your report? Um, Then there was issues of the actual findings, the way she acted. So they made a finding against her conduct, which is why they then agreed that she should be personally liable Mm -hmm. in the matter, right? The minority court judgment was the one that really intrigued me because the public protector said she notes that judgment, <laughs> which has no legal standing, right? And that was written by the Chief Justice, Mokweng Mokweng. And the Chief Justice said, it's so that Mkwebana's report 
is so bizarre that anyways it was going to be reviewed. He says that's not even a question. Yeah. The fact that the report would, would have been overturned. Because how do you recommend that the constitution be changed? But he felt sorry for her and said, you know, she made a human error and she shouldn't be held personally liable for the cost because this will crush her and it will also create a precedence for other public protectors not to act without fear or favor or prejudice. So, so that was interesting. But the reality is, if this was any other scenario, any other political atmosphere, that judgment alone, I think, besides Estina, besides, um, you know, the High Court judgment in this matter, besides uh, the Quinty case interdict, besides all of those issues, I think this constitutional court judgment um, is enough to remove a public protector. You lied under oath. You had one, you had one job, mm. to up, you know, and, and you lied under oath. You violated the Public Protector Act. You violated the Constitution. The court has found this. You, for me, it should be the end of the road. Well, I agree and disagree with. Let me say I disagree uh, okay. on on the last part. Mm. I I I listened to the earlier points on the last part of the uh, removal. You see, uh, also still on that same judgment, I I, I actually I believe that all the, uh, ju- the 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 justices they were agreeing uh, on the substance of uh, what the public protector got wrong. But when I read the dissenting uh, judgment by by Chief Justice Mukwe Mukwe, it's 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 premised on the fact that our justice system is not on destroying and finishing people off, but it's a corrective one. He even makes an example to say, even people who have killed people, who have raped people, that is why, for instance, you have no right, according to our constitution, to remove the to castrate them, as our other people have suggested that rapists must be castrated. But it's to put them in jail and put them through a correctional services, uh, you know, a system that will rehabilitate them so that they come back into society as a better person. A more corrective uh, sort of a justice system. And I, I, that's what I believe uh, in as well, in that instead of trying to destroy the public protector uh, completely by removing no, but them that's from only, offense, No, but that's only about cost. He was only making the finding about costs. No, no, no. I'm saying on the removal now. I've come, oh, I'm coming yeah. to the oh. removal to say... Mm. Also on the public protector, yes, she blundered in law and all of those mm-hmm. things. But how then do you uh, issue a judgment such that it doesn't destroy her? It mm-hmm. doesn't uh, cause financial ruin to her. Nine hundred uh, k, my brother, is no child play. Yeah. Where is she going to get that? It, it, this is a financial ruin. You are financially ruining someone. That person has got a family to support. What happens to the the fact that you that you ruined the economy for that time? The the economy suffered. No, actually, Mukweng goes on there to say w- where you say. Yeah. I like how how you quote him where he says that there was no po- there was no question that that judgment was going to be uh, to be overturned. He, he, he goes on to say then therefore I don't understand why even the economists would panic. In fact, if anything, the people of the reserve bank were supposed to say, ah, guys, man, don't worry. This thing will be overturned, which is what he says. He says there was no chance that uh, a case was going to make it. So you see those kind of things. So, yes, she committed a blunder, but how do you correct her going forward? Let me I'm going to ask directly to you because I know you're going to say something to this, to this effect. Well, let me just put this out there. Now, McQueen's sort of rationale here is on the basis that somebody's incompetent at their job. But what if it's a deliberate, he's not taking into fact that she's deliberately doing this, she could be deliberately doing this, 
to a piece of satisfaction. As, as Kampepe and others yeah. kind of pointed to. So, so I can understand trying to correct someone who's incompetent and trying to get them and better the, at their and job. And got the law wrong. Yeah, got the law wrong by their own mistake. But what if this person is now acting deliberately to further somebody else's campaign? That's a different story. Should that person be given the same amount of tolerance up here? Okay, um, I, I'm going to, to sort of be careful mm. uh, not to say uh, the public project. We're not saying that it's, it's, no, no, no. it's for uh, sure. Let, 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 let me, <laughs> Chief, let me speak for myself. What's going on here? So I'm going to be careful and not say uh, uh, she's deliberately acting for that particular faction. But when she came out with those findings, it, especially uh, about the mandate of the Reserve Bank and, and, and changing of the Constitution, we were shocked. But Kandi, uh, what's going on here? You see what I mean? It's a, it, 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 it came out as if she doesn't understand why she's there, what she's there for. Yeah. Um, and I think personally, um, look, based on my own assessment and, and, and on her own, um, what you say, uh, inconsistencies, yeah. which we, we pointed out on, on the one of uh, uh, the president, it seems as if she doesn't understand. Uh, I mean, uh, I, but understand uh, the law, yeah, and uh, or how she must apply it. The court found in that regard as well. In so far as it relates to the public protector's office, so I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't feel I don't have myself. I don't have a confidence. I, I think even on cases that have got nothing to do with politicians, now you you start to doubt. Well, okay. Will she be able to handle them uh, properly? Will she be able to apply the law? Mm. Um, and, and also, um, look, uh, it's a pity. Uh, uh, and 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 uh, uh, law experts have, uh, mm. have said that uh, what is uh, uh, is there in, in the rules of parliament and so forth. Yeah. Do not give them a right to impeach them because they never made out the rules, as our story is saying, um, table story last week. Uh, now you you don't have a you know it seems as if she can go to court and argue and win, mm. uh, but yeah, based on yesterday's judgment, mm. no 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 yeah. no no no. You need someone who's who's going to be consistent and competent in, 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 in her own report. In, in her, yeah. yeah, it can be small uh, things like that. I mean, uh, you know, you just compare two reports that are speaking about a similar issue. I mean. Really, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be a rocket science. Well, we're going to take a quick short ad break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about um, what to expect when you're unsuspecting. And this week, um, we're going to talk about the ANC's NEC meeting coming up. And I'm sure oh, to be a fly on the wall in that meeting, um, we all would wish for. We'll see you when we get back. Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sebenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sebenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sebenza Live. Sebenza boy. Sebenza girl. Sebenza. Welcome back. Now, the ANC's NEC is meeting this weekend, and I'm sure that meeting is going to be 
tremendously uncomfortable for a lot of people. One, you had Zuma accusing some senior ANC leaders of being spies um, in, last, in his testimony towards the Zanu Commission last week. Then you've got Ramaphosa and the public protector debacle. You've got Cordon on the other hand. The ANC is going through a lot right now. Guys, what are we sort of expecting to come out of the ANC meeting this weekend? I've said this, and I maintain it, that the public protector's report for Ramaphosa is not so much a legal drama for him. He may win illegally, but he has lost it politically. Politically, this is a crisis for Ramaphosa, particularly because he has admitted to do something that's banned in the ANC, and that is to launch a formal campaign to get elected intra-party. He said to, uh, in the press conference on Sunday, oh, everyone, Dad, it was not a normal election in 2017. There were so many candidates. Everyone raised quite a bit of money. But the reality of it is that uh, you got caught. (laughs) (laughs) And and none of them have actually, I've never had any dessert saying I had a presidential campaign. Yeah, everyone just, everyone, and I mean, we know that people had, you know, watches. And the reality of it is we also know, as per the Sydney Mufamadi report, that even state money was used for the NDZ campaign. Mm. But that's not, we're not about the whataboutism. Mm. We are talking about the facts at hand. You raised almost half a billion uh, rand. You had a coordinated campaign. Some of the people who donated to your campaign, you've given them positions in 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 in, in government. For example, Donay Nickel, who who ran your presidential, you know, the fundraising bit of it. She's your advisor. Bejan is your advisor now. Siviso Debengwa, isn't he on the ESCOM board? Yes, he is. So you donated to the campaign, mm. and now you're on the ESCOM board. So how is this different to Durumieni being? Uh, um, in charge of the JGZ Foundation yeah, and then JGZ getting board, yeah. uh, on the SA board. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't see the difference. Yeah. And so, and, and the reality of it is, you campaigned on ethical leadership. Nobody mm-hmm. else campaigned on yeah. ethical leadership. Everyone campaigned on other issues of RET and mm-hmm. whatever else. You campaigned on ethical leadership, and this is an issue mm-hmm. about ethics. That's a good point, Sigisa. Yeah, well, as, as I've <laughs> said to my guy, politically, the president, it, it goes. I, I, only the naive would say that he didn't plan that. And I think the the real battle will start in this uh, particular NSA. I really feel for him. I don't know how uh, he's going to defend himself. There is no ground to defend himself. He has implicated himself so much by himself, as I say. <laughs> Part of that yeah. press conference was further implication of himself into this thing. I think he should rather, uh, uh, you know, uh, employ a more apologetic stance, uh, you know, uh, to sort of... Uh, Say, comrades, I understand, I add, or whatever. This is how I correct this going forward. But that's the thing that the situation is still volatile. I don't even think that will work. So, this this may be the beginning of his political headaches going forward within the ANC. Well, keep an eye out for the Sunday Times uh, this weekend. I'm sure we'll have a story in there telling you exactly what happened in that NEC meeting. Sure. Bosses will be happy with that. But anyway, uh, thank you so much for all listening. Um, w- please follow us on Twitter at hashtag STPoliticsWeekly. You can interact with us there. Give us some criticism. Tell us what you think about the podcast, how we could make it better. Um, and please share it. If you like it, share it. Tell your friends about it. Um, and we'll be back next week. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about then. Take care. Have a good week, guys.